Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name's David Austin, and sitting across from me, as always, a beautiful lady in a striped thing. It's a smock. <laughs> it's a tunic. I don't know what it is. It's a duster, I think. I don't know. I think it's beautiful. I think you look great, and I'm going to stop going on and on and on about how you look. On air, anyway. Please don't ever stop in real life. <laughs> Please. There you go. So... This is The Session with Londa and David, and this program is all about helping small businesses be more productive. Yeah, growth. That's what we're all about. That's exactly right. At Sherwood Austin Growth Growth Consultants. Consultants. Hey! So that's what we do. In addition to me being a mortgage lender and you being a licensed real estate agent, both in the states of Washington, by the way, let's let's not... Let's not pretend we're licensed other places because no, we are not. No, we are no, not. We are not. No, no, the no. consulting firm is based in Florida. Our mortgage and real estate business is based in Washington. And we have other investments around. around. That's exactly but, right. And no matter where you are, we hope to add value to your day and your business when you tune in ooh, to The right. Session with Londa and David. And Londa Sherwood-Austin, like how are you? I'm fantastic. I went to the dermatologist this morning. That's exciting. Tell me more. It, it was exciting. Uh, they burned some things. They froze some things. Exciting. They cut some things off. They sent things off for pathology. It's just, it was exciting. Actually, it was a great um, experience uh-huh. as far as customer service goes. And, you know, we we did a podcast a while back about customer service in the uh, healthcare industry. Correct. Right? Correct. And uh, I went to Watson Clinic. Okay. Um, in Lakeland, Florida this morning. Imagine, if you will, the Watson Clinic <laughs> yeah. in Lakeland, Florida. Go ahead. Their dermatology <laughs> department. And um, they they actually did a really good job. Um, the Yeah, yeah. The uh, people that I saw, Kate, uh-huh. who uh, was kind of my intake nurse, I guess. Y- yes. I'm not sure. And then... Um, Anna Shaw was the um, person that I saw, the doctor person. But oh, I got gotcha. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's a nurse practitioner, I think. A skin nurse practitioner. Yeah, yeah. And so they were fantastic. And I was, you know, I get anxious. Yes. Right? As we all know. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. Londa, mm-hmm. we know. Um, and so I was, you know, anxious. I didn't know what to expect. And when they said a full body scan, I thought they were going to put me in a machine. No, no, she just looks you over. It's like when I give you a full yeah. body scan. Well, and I said, "Oh, I um, I I didn't really realize what to expect. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think I'm wearing the right outfit, as it were, for this." And she's like, "Don't worry about it." So she said, "You're not the first one. Uh, you're not even the first one today that doesn't have underwear on. No big deal." Well, you're wearing a, a wearing body, a body suit, suit, and that so you don't also that covers your business. Wear, but but you, you got to take it off. I, I don't know why scan. we're talking about. We're moving this. on to <laughs> that. It was great customer service, and I haven't seen really good customer service in the medical field in a very very long time. Uh huh. And they did it today at Watson Clinic. Anna and Kate, they put me right at ease. She started asking me questions about myself and got me talking about myself, mm-hmm. which is a 
typically a sales technique, right? right. That's a yes. building rapport. I shouldn't say sales technique. It's building rapport right. technique. And and she did that, and it was great. And I, and I talked a lot because I was anxious, and so I was like, kind of like I am now because I'm still a little bit manic. So this should be a good show. That's good stuff right there. I'm ready, though. I'm fired up. I'm excited. I'm excited that we're going into a, a new season. Autumn is almost mm-hmm. upon us. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got some kids coming to visit soon. I did also talk to one of my best, best girlfriends this morning, and that always puts me in a really good mood, my That's Natalie. Yep. So my sister from another mister. So I'm having a great day. I got to do some demo yesterday at our house. Yep. Yep. So I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm kind Doing of, some demo. Yeah. It, I'm hoping sanding. Yeah. I'm, what kind of sander is it? It's a it's an orbital sander. Orbital sander. I'm hoping the things that I'm working on right now will help me to kind of come out of the funk that I've been in. Well, it's great that you say that, um, and not that you've had funk, but <laughs> I don't uh, have funk. I I've been right. in yes. a funk. Yes, and you know what we we've talked several times about covid and the news coverage of covid and you know in washington it's still pretty polarizing the discussion of covid there everywhere and if by washington you meant washington dc no i mean washington state oh i think everywhere it's very polarizing well there are there are some places where everybody's lockstep like portland everybody's in the same deal there i see what you're saying you know Mm -hmm. seattle Mm -hmm. everybody's in the same deal there but you know it's Mm. still it's still a political and clients that are currently trying to move out of seattle because they're not in right that's exactly right they're getting out though you know what i mean uh so it's still uh a struggle between politics which makes zero sense by the way and healthcare and you know, medicine. Right. The fact that there's a political conversation going on about right. freedom of choice, to me, takes the eye off the ball. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. you can see in all of the news coverage that as a former news director, yeah, I know. It, it's fun you for get, me to get, see. Yeah, you get into um, that. You're really good at it, though. When, just- when I watch national news coverage mm-hmm. of what could be a very important story right. like this morning the fda says or whenever that was a couple members of the fda say mm, the science just doesn't provide enough information about us recommending boosters right <laughs> that's a major news story and to throw it in with piled on information is kind of a ramshod news style that doesn't make sense to me. Here's what I mean. They talked about the number of kids being sick, being greater. That's a different story. It's a story. It's not that story. The FDA, a couple members of the FDA saying, you know what? We don't have enough science here for booster shots. That is a lead story to me. That is a story. The talk about whether or not the mu variant Mm -hmm. or the Delta variant are more transmissible. Mm -hmm. Again, separate story. Different story about the same overall topic, right? It's like having one story about uh, politics and throwing every other thing about that general idea into one report. It's just, I think, shoddy reporting. And it's interesting because it's causing a malaise among people 
and they're kind of in a funk. And you brought to my attention an article the other day. Yeah. Um, Adam Grant mm-hmm. <clears throat> wrote an article, wrote a piece for, well, he writes for the New York Times. And he wrote a piece on languishing. Right. And um, my friend Natalie sent it to me. Uh huh. And I've sent it to, I can't even tell you how many people. Well, let's talk about because, what languishing really yeah. means in this text, mm-hmm. in this context. Mm-hmm. Um, so the article talks about uh, throughout the pandemic, mm-hmm. there's a general feeling of blah. Yeah. That general has malaise. Yeah, yes. That has happened to mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And he actually says, feeling of blah in the article. And I think that's a great descriptor. Yeah. Uh, It's not depression. It's just kind of a meh. Yeah. It's not, it's not being manic like your mood was this morning. Right. Having a great medical experience. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And you've, you've got the, the endorphin rush. And so you're all over the place. It's not manic. It's not depression where it's, all sad all the time. Right. It's just a general malaise. It's a languishing. It's a, uh, it's a, we're exhausted. And I think we're exhausted mm-hmm. in, and I think you've been able to hear it in our podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted with the way people do customer service. Right. I'm, the languishing is such a good term for it because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. just this general i don't know if it's just not a not a not really caring it's just people feel weird void yeah it's and like there's this weird void mm-hmm. and it's um people are uninspired and they're uninspiring and we saw it we we recently went um we had our anniversary and mm-hmm, i said mm-hmm. i want to go shopping for the day cuz i thought that would be so fun yes and cuz i love clothes and shoes and uh, you know all the stuff and seeing the people and all yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah 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 and and going to the and eating out and yeah. the whole thing sure. i love it i know you hate it and you in, indulged me and took me shopping well, it all was day our long. anniversary yeah and it was great and uh we we came away with two items. That's three, right. Three. Three. That's right. Uh and they were boring, kind of. You know what I mean? They're like we got you a pair of slides because you needed them. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh I got some underwear on clearance because it was there. Well, they're hanky pankies. And if you know anything about hanky pankies. I only know about hanky they, hanky. I don't know about the fit, plural. They fit great. They're super comfortable. <laughs> they're great underwear. But anyway, and then uh and then I said, hey, you know, I really have been wanting a two-tone watch. I haven't had one in probably 30 years. Right. And we found this, and it's so cute. I love it so much. And you and, got that for And me, it was but... at Invictus. Yeah. Invictus, which to me just sounds like a watch store. But here's the thing. And who knew it was? We spent like five hours. Right. Going all to all the places. Yes. All the places, including the International Plaza in Tampa Bay. And the, and the Apple store there makes me want to set something on fire. I'm, and I don't mean that literally, but oh my God. I know. You see a guy come walking up who clearly has money. Yeah. Who yeah. says, literally, who says to the guy at the door, hey, I'm an Apple guy. We have an Apple family. All of our devices are Apple, except my 
main Envoy Mortgage work computer. Everything else, all of our studio, all of our phones, everything is Apple-based. And I say to the guy, we're an Apple family, and I want to check out uh, new iPads because my iPad's on the fritz. And the guy says to me, yeah, we, we're only doing appointments. It's too crowded here. Meanwhile, it's not too crowded, we but they have standards. Capacity. We just reached capacity. Right. Uh, and while he's teaching me about how their capacity works, three kids walk in, a girl gives them masks, and they go through the store. So while I'm being hassled, and just want to look at iPads and have money and am there to buy stuff. Which is tiring. I can't believe right. how they treated us at that thing. And then we walked by 45 minutes later and the guy's coming back from his lunch break and sees us and looks at me like I'm supposed to know who he is. When in reality, I had blocked him out of my memory forever. You had to point out who he was and why he was looking at me so weird. And it... it I'm not going to the Apple store ever and again. And I think, okay, but I think this is part of what's going on is he's so tired mm-hmm. of dealing with all this that he's now not giving good customer service. I wonder if two years ago that guy was any better. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Two years ago, was he more on the ball? And is he just also languishing? One point, though, that I wanted to make is because we were shopping for five hours or whatever it was, I I did get to see all of the new fall release, right? All the new fall clothing and shoes and accessories and everything are out. Mm -hmm. It's just like the spring release was boring, ugly, and uninspired. That's what you said over and over again, uninspired. And I thought that was so interesting. And I felt like I was in France during fashion week because you know what you're talking about when you look at that stuff. Well, listen, I'm not high fashion, I but I, I did in the past, one of the jobs I had was dressing people right. for a living. I wardrobed people. Yes. And and I just, I like what I like and I wear what I, the reason I'm saying this, I don't want people to reach out to me or to, you know, I don't want hate mail like, oh, you think you know what you're talking about? No, I just know what I like. Right. And I do what I like. Okay. And I try to help other people figure out what they like and then do what they like. I got you. Okay. But, but I do kind of keep my eye on the fashion world and I do love it. And, and the Met Gala happened recently and very exciting for me usually because I love looking at all that. And now that we have TikTok, it's all over TikTok. I was so excited. But again, <laughs> nothing that wasn't expected. Right. I expected Billie Eilish to be like 40s, 50s glam. I expected J-Lo to do something very typical of what she does. I expected Billy Porter to be off the charts. The fairy godmother. Crazy. You know what I mean? Nothing was unexpected. I gotcha. And, and I think that our creativity is... Stunted by jeopardy. sweatpants and t-shirts because that's how jeopardy. people are dressing at home. So, so I'm wondering if maybe we're seeing the great divide of some, the pandemic has for some people inspired massive creativity. Right. And for other people, it has just killed every bit of creativity they have. And I think that's one reason why I'm so, I've been very like, very, very. For a while, and I think I'm so like, 
um, I feel so alive today. Right. But I think part of it is because I'd spent yesterday remodeling for several hours. Yes. Uh, and, and then I had a good talk with my friend and then I had a good experience. And so it's like all these kind of external things are kind of giving me a little boost right now. Sure. Um, and, and maybe if- it'll pull me out of my funk. I don't know. But, but it's just the people I talk to, the clients I talk with, the it seems to be a general struggle. We, we've shared it with several of the kids, and they span a couple of different generations. Right. And, and I've shared it, the idea of languishing in this article. Mm-hmm. Shared it with some of uh, people in our age group as well. It's hitting home in every age group. So what I can tell you is... I even mentioned it to my doctor this morning. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yes, that's exactly what's going on. Well, the languishing is a really interesting thing, right? And you've heard people say, I'm kind of in a funk. Well, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. When you're in a funk, you're not clinically depressed. You're not thinking about suicide. You're not necessarily right. uh, 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 taking to bed, as they say. Right. We've all seen people who are depressed who don't want to get out of bed and they can't really focus. And that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is a feeling of, eh. Yeah. And I've seen that a lot more in my friends, in my mm-hmm. family, in my life mm-hmm. over the last year and a half because nobody really knows um, how this thing's going to play out, right, with COVID. Nobody yeah, really knows. Yeah, just when it was getting better, now it's getting worse. And right. it's kind of, you know, it's kind of freaky, right? And yes. Like, and, and is this why we're seeing the great, what's the word? Resignation. The great resignation. Is this part of it? People are looking for something yes. to give them life. Yes. Yes. And people are tired of working for employers that they feel, and it may be part of this uh, uh, lethargy business, that they feel like they haven't been treated well. Well, I got news for you. Sitting at home with a temporary layoff, getting an extra 600 bucks from the federal government on top of unemployment. So now you're making more than you were when you were just a regular minimum wage employee working 40 hours a week. It creates a sense of entitlement, I would assume, that, well, now I'm not going to go back to Burger King and let that guy, Sean, push me around because screw Sean, I can sit at home and make an extra 600 bucks. So you know what? Everybody's looking for employees now in that vein. And we're seeing places like Chipotle pay $15 an hour, even though the federal minimum wage hasn't gotten there. They're like, screw it. We're doing it because we need workers. Right. You know what I mean? Almost everywhere we go, there's help wanted signs, yes. Yes. you know, in one form or another. And it's, um, I, I really believe people who sat at home and made more money than when they were working now are certain they deserve more. Does that make sense? And, that, and that's kind of op, an opposing view to what we're talking about, though. Are they entitled or are they uninspired? Are they languishing? Well, they are uninspired and they can be because they're making more money than when they were working. And so they have a sense of entitlement. I think now. I fight against that idea. Okay, tell me more about that. I think I fight against that idea. I don't think there's a whole population of people that have decided 
screw it. I'm staying at home unemployed. No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is I'm not going back to Burger King to make $600 a month less full-time working for that jerk, Sean. So So I'm going to go get a job somewhere else. I see. And that's the great resignation. It's not I'm going to stay home forever because it's... I deserve better than the way I was treated. And, and I know do. it because I made more money when I wasn't working for that jerk. And they do. And that's the thing. Oh, this kind of, this is maybe an open door into something else that we were talking about. I woke up thinking about overcoming objections and sales. Right. Because I'm a weirdo. No, because that's what you do. <laughs> it, it is what I do. Just like how you can't watch the news without I... finding all the yeah. I was outraged watching <laughs> 16 different stories about COVID crammed into one 90-second package this morning. I mean, I wanted to set the TV on fire. Um, if you're going to talk about the FDA, let's talk about that, because that's a story. If you're going to talk about kids getting sick, let's talk about that. That's a story. If you're going to talk about school and safety precautions at school, let's talk about that. It's a story. Let's not shove all of them into one 90-second piece so nobody understands what's important here. That's all. That's my rant, and I apologize. Would you like to hold my hand as you come down off your I would, yes, thank you. There we go. Uh, so <laughs> I woke up thinking about overcoming objections. Yes. And my, uh, let me walk you through my thought train yes. this morning. Overcoming objections. It's so easy. It's so easy to overcome objections. In fact, you can overcome them in the presentation. The way that you present the information on the front end, because of the psychology of sales, mm-hmm. and if you know it, and yes. you, especially if you're good at it, and you have a natural bent toward it, which I always have, mm-hmm. you can talk almost anyone into almost anything. And you'll give the presentation and not have objections because of how you presented it. Then I went on to think, but even my own sales process has changed over the last couple of years mm-hmm. from what I've always done to a different thing. Mm-hmm. What's different about it? And I started thinking about it. Much more empathy-based. Yes. Much more focused on authenticity. And needs-based sales. Uh, It's always been needs-based. I've always done the needs, you know, interview, if you will. But empathy is different. Just knowing your needs and matching my solution to your need is one thing. Caring about it and that being the central focus of the driving force of my my curiosity in Mm -hmm. really finding out if I can meet your need or if you'd be better off with someone else or some other product. It's, it's bringing you to the solution, whether it's me or not. And that is not necessarily empathy, but that is, um, uh, an evolution and growing up that what you've just described is, a change in you, not a change in the process. More important for you to solve their problem, whether or not you make money, mm-hmm. that's what's different. The The thing that's different is your needs. Your needs are different. I, I won't argue that. 
my needs in the last two or three years have been very different than they've ever been before because of my whole shift of life. That's exactly right. However, I think I'm seeing it in other people as I think I'm seeing it in consumers as well. Mm -hmm. We just got some extra light. Yes. For those of you watching the video, welcome to our office. Um, so I think I'm seeing it in other consumers as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk has been talking about empathy for a long time. Yes. Um, in sales mm-hmm. in, in, in the business world. Um, but it's just this, I had just this revelation of, do we really need to overcome the objections or do we really need to get better at, that empathy piece. And that is what I'm going to call it because for me, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not be so listen, listen, I can close a deal. I, I can close, like I said, I can close almost anyone on almost anything. Right. Because I know the psychology of sales and the process and I know how the brain works. And if you do this, da, 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 da. Sure. I, I suspect though, our, our brains are being a little bit rewired. Okay. Because of, Maybe the pandemic because of, I don't know, maybe just the evolution of mm-hmm. life and the human race and, you know, whatever. So um, I don't know if anyone else is talking about this in the sales world. I'm going to explore that uh, later because I'm really curious. Like, are we going to see a shift? I suspect we will see a shift in the way that we do sales and customer service and caring. And it's related to how I'm not going back to work for that. Sean, was it Sean (laughs) at Burger King? I don't know why it was Sean at Burger King. It was funny. I don't know a Sean at Burger King. I'm not going back to work for Sean at Burger King because he's a jerk because he's a jerk (laughs) or I wasn't treated well, or they didn't, they're looking to be seen Mm-hmm. and heard mm-hmm. as humans mm-hmm. people are mm-hmm. and that is a need for empathy that's exactly what it is well and you know what people who didn't have to go to work for a couple months now can have their terms met i need to be looked at i need to be heard you see what i mean yeah and and you can't say that in an interview don't say that in an interview no 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 but hello but that is what's happening i need to be looked at i need to be seen and heard you better see me and hear me if you want me to come work there and that son of a bitch sean is not getting me back but there's there's a place for that i do i i know of a company in washington state Mm -hmm. that is talking more about this Mm -hmm. um because i i know somebody there and and we've talked about it um and Within their company, they're talking more and more about mental health. Yes. And how do we make sure everyone feels okay? Mm-hmm. And I know there's a big, or there's a section or part of society yes. who thinks we don't need to be thinking about anybody's feelings and, you know, all that. I, I disagree wholeheartedly because... Well, those people we, are going to die soon. And what I mean by that is they're old and out of touch. So they are going to die. That's true. People that are in that mindset generally are in their 70s and 80s and have never had to get along with people. Right. And their grandchildren say things to them like, uh, Grandpa, I think you're going to need to have a better vision of what's happening here. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and they all need therapy and they don't realize it. And that generation not only needs it and doesn't realize it, but it's so far-fetched. They made shows like The Sopranos and the movie Analyze This because those people just don't get it. Right. So shows like that became wildly popular. You know what I'm saying? Which, as a side note, you I had never seen The Sopranos, and so we're currently watching it, right. which might explain our earlier comment mm-hmm. in the uh, in the show. Uh, when we turned into, Hey, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Such a great show. It is a great show. But again, that generation thinks it's so far fetched that you would get any kind of mental health help. Right. That they literally made shows about the mafia right. going through it. And today, uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, every time anybody comes to me with any kind of issue, I ask them if they're in therapy. That's exactly right. It's a different time. It it's truly so is a different helpful, time. It's helpful, though. It really is so helpful uh, to look at it. And, you know, I'm reading a book right now that it, it's called How um, the Body Keeps the Score. Right. And it's all about how trauma affects your not only your mental health, but your physical health as well. Right. And man, it is deep and it's hard read because a lot of it's so triggering for me, but right. also um, it's a little textbooky. So yeah. it's like, but that's the only, deep. that's the but only way you like to read. You like, it's true. I don't read for fun. Right. Um. But, oh my gosh, so good. And it's been so validating to me oh, I'm not crazy. Right. This really is a thing, you know. So. I, th- I think it's interesting, too, when you read things like that and you talk to me about it because my worldview is so different than yours. Yeah. Because while I moved around a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of trauma. And that test we well, took, what is that test we took? I brought enough for both of us. Well, it, okay, yeah. it's called the ACEs test. And I'm actually glad that you brought it up. Um, ACEs is a, a series of questions. Um, and then you have a score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really a trauma test, essentially. Yes. And and um, and they say if you if you score you know, if you score this much, then, you know, you have minimal trauma. If you score this much, you should probably see a therapist right? Uh, and fo- to, to focus on that area. And if you have six or more, uh, a score of six or more, then you should be in intensive therapy focusing right. on lots of different things. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, to me, the questions seem so outrageous for instance, um, something like, and I'm not saying it right, but right. similar to, um, did you live in a home where you felt safe around the adults in your home? Right. Something like that. I well, and, and to me, uh, yes. And the thought that someone I know and love may have said, uh, that is so hard to... Right. And for me, it was 100% no is the answer. Right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, I grew up in a home where I didn't feel safe. <sighs> Understanding. I'm glad we were able to take that test the way we did. Yeah, it was crazy how it came. Uh, don't worry too much if things don't look like they're working out in your day-to-day. Because things that, you know, there can be... Uh, 
divine coincidence or whatever you want to call it, serendipity or whatever, uh-huh. because that's what happened in that. We were driving home from Tampa. I had to be in a workshop. Right. And uh, I thought, well, just listen, I'll put it on speaker. We'll pipe it through the car sound and yeah. we'll listen to it together. And you ended up hearing it. And it was a it was a trauma workshop that right. um, Matthias Barker, who is based in Spokane, who is a brilliant therapist and and follow, interesting kid too. follow him on TikTok mm-hmm. um, because, man, I'll tell you, I think he was the first therapist I started following on TikTok. Now I you know follow a handful of them. But um, anyway, he did this trauma workshop. And so we ended up listening to it together. And in the middle of the workshop, he did this ACEs test where, um, and he was so caring in how he did it. Now is the time where we're going to do this. And if you don't want to do it, then you can opt out and I'll give a signal when we're ready to come back in. It was just so caring and so thoughtful. Well, because, you know. (laughs) So out of all the questions that were asked, Mm -hmm. I think I could relate to one of them? Mm-hmm. Well, it's your your score ranges from zero to 10. Right. And I think I got a one, maybe a two. No, you got a one. Mm-hmm. And so clearly... Which was mind-boggling to me. Right. Because, and I don't mind sharing this, I'm a pretty open book. Mm-hmm. My score was an eight. Right. So... And then I cried. You know, the, the questions are about um, physical abuse, sexual abuse... All of the things that I just didn't ever have anywhere near my life at all. I think you actually like guffawed at one or two of the questions. Like, how can that even be a thing? Oh, I think so. But here's the deal. Which? Seeing your answers helped me understand a lot more about you. Right. right? And the fact that we did it together out loud, I think was really healthy. I don't think healthcare people recommend doing it that way, but that's how we did it. It just happened to be. And I have a lot greater understanding of some of the things you do and say that are so foreign to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I can kind of see in a different way now because we did that together and And i think that's really cool and think no wonder you're so damn happy all the time yeah (laughs) what what's it like (laughs) well i don't know that's like saying what's it like to feel the way you feel i don't know it's just how i feel right yeah it it i'm what's it like to be so light and free (laughs) and undamaged generally happy all the time um it's awesome but here's the thing when something major happens like a breakup or like that I would think it's got to be way worse for a guy that has never experienced anything traumatic than for someone who has been through all the bad stuff. Right. A breakup. Same shit, different day. You know what I mean, though? (laughs) A breakup for someone who has been physically and sexually abused, it feels different. Probably. You know? Yeah. So it's really interesting to, to... well, it's humanity, right? That's everything we're talking about is humanity is humanity. And this is important when you're a business person, mm-hmm. the person across from you. I used to say this all the time when I was doing a lot of speaking gigs in the faith based community. I'd mm-hmm. say, listen, the person across from you, the person next to you, way more similar than different. I, I yes, because humanity. Right. And so I think when you are in sales, because mm-hmm. that's a lot of what we talk about, or you're giving customer service, that has to be at the forefront of your mind. 
You know, this is a human and who knows what their circumstances are and who knows what, and maybe this is true even of salespeople that we talk about and maybe we need to give them a little, uh, a little more grace as well, because who knows what they're going through. Just be kinder, I guess, is what I'm saying in general, but employers, you got to look at your employees and think about the, the languishing, you got to think about the everything that's been going on in the world right and and think about their mental health and their emotional health and when we look at other people no matter what the circumstance we've got, we've got to think about that and maybe it's time for to to kind of foster the feelings of kinship I think people. that is absolutely true. And, you know, you, when you go to church a lot, you hear a lot of songs that talk about that, and you rarely see it in action in any organization, right? Especially a church. Well, they, that's what I'm saying, though. The, the songs, I have the, the, some rage the language and you do, trauma. you do, and that's okay. So the language of those songs and hymns and all, many religious texts are really happy words that mean a lot of good stuff, right? I saw a TikTok the other day about somebody who had been to some religious service. I think you shared it with me. And the thing was, oh, I, oh, I, I get it. So don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah. That's he the more, keep your hands, yes, keep yeah. your music. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, I can he, live like that. Yeah, he, that's, it was, it was a TikTok I shared with you. He said, you know, he grew up at, or he, he went to church or whatever. And as a kid and and after, and he goes, maybe you were like me after a few times I figured it out. Oh, don't be a dick. Right. right. You can keep your hymns and your, and your books and your weird ideas or whatever. Just don't, yeah, just don't be an well, asshole. Well, here's, here's the deal. I think that's the way life needs to be for every person, no matter what you do. Be a nice person. Just well, be nice. that's why we talk a lot about kindness. It, it, the Austin team is kind. In our relationship. Yes. And it's a lot of you reminding me. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that I'd go kind. that far. But, you know, it's much easier to smile and listen than to frown and point. You know what I mean? Much easier to smile and listen. So why not smile and listen? What, what could go wrong? Yeah. You know, what is the line from Roadhouse? Be nice until I tell you to not be nice. Right, right. So just be nice. Yeah. How cool is that? Easy. Yeah. If you can do that in sales, you'll win. If you can do that in personal relationships, you'll win. If you can do it when you're in in jail in San Quentin... And then go to San Francisco, you can be Charles Manson. You could talk people into anything if you can smile. We uh, we say weird stuff on this show, we but that do, really did happen. And if somebody pulled <laughs> just that little bit out, I don't know. I'm watching this documentary series about Charles Manson's life, and it this is, is what, fascinating. Listen, this is what he does, for those of you listening. This is what he does, because I sleep more hours right. than he sleeps. I sleep about five hours a night. Right. And so I get up at 5.30 in the morning, <laughs> yeah. and I ran through the Nixon Watergate he series on Epic. And now I'm three or four episodes deep into Charles Manson's life. Right. And it's crazy. He took Dale Carnegie classes when he was in prison in California. And the line, uh, oh, Lord. nothing Mercy. will fool him like a smile and sincerity. And he started a cult that way. Interesting. Interesting stuff. So what I'm saying is, if you can be nice and kind, you're endearing to people. 
and you're even Charles Manson. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I see where you go. And, and I'm glad you connected those dots. You have to. And you know, you can use your powers for evil. Yeah. I've said that. Or you can use Mm -hmm. them for goodness. Yeah. Why not use them for goodness? For sure. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, I, it's so many similarities, uh, between Charles Manson and Richard Nixon. <laughs> I think you just watched those around the same time. Yes, that's exactly right. But more, this is boy, terrible. the hubris. The hubris. Use your powers for good. That's the moral of my story. Yes. If you're feeling a general sense of malaise and mm-hmm. lethargy, start smiling. Just start smiling. Well, that uh, might help. And, and I'm glad you got to this because in the in the last few minutes of the show, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about okay, so so we've identified that we're feeling this way, we're languishing yes. as a society. Mm-hmm. What do we do about it? And I think that some of what you can do is find the things that you've always loved and do more of that. I like that. Right. Brunettes with blue eyes. That's find, for me. Uh, <laughs> find things that you want to try that you've never tried before. I like that. But you've always wanted to try. Two years ago, you said those words to me and we got paddle boards. We rented paddle boards for the first time mm-hmm. and I've been doing it ever since and I love it. Paddle boarding. Who knew? We love it. Yeah. Yeah. They said on the... Uh, this was a weird moment for me this morning at the doctor's office because I haven't been to a new doctor um, since my cancer diagnosis and surgery and all that earlier this year. Right. So, you know, you have to fill out your medical history. Yes. And I had to check that box. It was uh-huh. very weird for me. Cancer survivor? Yeah, cancer. Myself, family members, you know. It is. It is scary. It was such a weird moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Were we watching a show when they talked about that very thing where somebody had to check cancer? Mm-mm. Why does it seem like something I've... We talked about it a couple of days ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was just weird. Um, and I, I apologize. I don't remember my point. I was going to go somewhere with that and whoop, it's gone. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, so, do something you love, do yeah. things. Okay, so so some of the ways, I don't know if this will help anybody, but some of the ways that I'm coping with this or trying to pull myself out of the funk is, one, I'm taking care of myself. Right. So I'm doing all the doctor appointments. I'm going to do all the things. I got a mammogram this year. I, I did the colon scan. Pooped in a box. Pooped in a box. We both pooped in a box. And <laughs> you know what? The... I didn't have to. I just did it for fun. No, that's <laughs> not true. That's so gross. Okay. Uh, I just went to the dermatologist and had a full scan, you know, so they've got a baseline. I mean, I'm doing all of those. I finally got my teeth fixed. Yes. It's been for years. And so I'm doing all of those things that I know I mm-hmm. need to be doing. I just remembered what I was going to say. It was talking about things that I love. And they said, do you have any hobbies or activities that you do? And I wrote down racquetball and paddleboarding. And those are two things that we do together. And, and I thought I, that was fun. I would write those same two things down. And so like that, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to play racquetball and I'm and you're doing great paddle boarding and getting on the water more I'm getting mm-hmm. into water mm-hmm. more because it makes me happy I love going I to loved you diving in the pool last night the, that was awesome the gulf or the ocean or the mm-hmm. you know I love doing that and and um I've uh 
I love writing, but I've been avoiding it a little. So well, I'm not that, sure what's that's, going on there. That's something you're going to do. You know, we've and had then, this conversation about you publishing, and I, I said, I know for sure that's going to happen in the next year. Yeah. And it is. So but we're going to sit you down and get you doing hump it. Before I can get inspired for that. So even like starting on our bedroom yesterday and at the house mm-hmm. with your orbital sander. Yeah, yeah. Ripping. Uh, nothing is more inspiring to me than ripping some shit apart and redoing it. Yes. That's pretty exciting. It's fun to watch you do it. I helped a little. And <laughs> you then, did. You did. And then I you, love it. And then you said, no, no, no. I need to get an orbital sander and score the walls, which is language I don't speak. Um, and and then you were going to talk to your buddy about who's a contractor, about the best ways to do it. And you did connect with our friend Sam Ramos, who is a contractor. And yep. he, he did give you some good ideas. And you went to work. And it was really, really fun to see. And I don't think you've been on your feet working for eight hours straight in a year. And you were awesome doing yeah. it. And it was fun. Oh, and while I worked, I watched, well, I kind of listened to lula rich which is the new documentary series about lula row uh-huh. their rise uh-huh. and fall and they talked a lot about <laughs> multi-level marketing and so you know that's kind of i've got a lot of history with that and i it was thrilling to me mm-hmm. i loved it mm-hmm. i love that they got sued and taken down well you, you've got a whole thing going on there with fighting fighting the man again yeah. Rage. Rage. And past trauma I haven't yet dealt with. There you go. You've said it all and you've done it all. Past trauma you haven't dealt with. Listen, uh, I think um, there are a lot of cures for what ail you. If you're feeling stuck in your job or in your business, I recommend taking a bird's eye view of it. And remembering why you do what you do before you make any rash choices. Mm-hmm. And then just be kind to people. That may help. I don't know. And if you have to, blow up your whole life. Go have fun. Why not? You know, mortality motivation's a thing. You know, you had cancer this year. You fought it. You're out of it. You had a ton of dental work necessary. You took. You went through it. You took care of it. You did it. You know what I mean? Yep. I've had no major life changes this year, and it's been great. Yeah. (laughs) So there you have it, and there it is. My name's David Austin. This is Londa Sherwood Austin, and this has been The Session.